0: Well, the hater's gonna hate, 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 hate. And the faker's gonna fake, 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 baby. I'm just gonna make, 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 make. Making luck, making luck. A podcast. So welcome to Making Luck,
1: an Adam Horton podcast. I'm your co-host, host number two of two. Screw you, or Jake, or as most people call me, Adam's friend. <laughs> And with us is the star of the show. <laughs> oh god, what did you break? Oh god, I don't know. Oh no, I'm not sure. It's that bottle of Yeah, yours. yeah That was supposed nice. to be a drum roll, but it
0: should have been the little monkey thing. So <laughs> Adam? Me? Yeah, yeah. that's you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. I'm the <laughs> I'm the I'm the star of the show, I guess. Yeah. Check me out, guys. Yeah, I, I don't need anything more for my ego or anything like that. that all, all
1: day, like, when he was a kid, uh, he would just wonder, am I ever going to have my own podcast? <laughs> and podcasts didn't even exist at the
0: time, but... Um, you know, if money was no object, I would have gone to Broadway. I would be an actor on Broadway. I would, mm-hmm. I would sing, I would dance, I love that stuff. Really? Yeah. When I was in high school, like, no one ever told me, hey, you should be a computer engineer. They told me, you should major in music theory and composition, or you should major in musical theater, Wow. or you should major in math. Okay. I had that, like, math music thing going on, and, like, I just love, I love music, and then I decided that I wanted to make money, and unfortunately, like, it's really hard to do that when you're, like, in the arts... I, um, my,
1: my parents told me to be like a doctor or like a lawyer or something. I chose to study journalism. Mm. Um, hey, you're doing journalism right now. Yeah, I, uh, work in administration now. Oh, that, <laughs> that reminds me,
0: uh, I owe you 55 cents. Oh, yeah. Do you? I do. Oh, from the YouTube Yeah, so here's here's a funny story. So, like, we started reviving this podcast uh, basically uh, the first of the year, January 2nd, I think, is when we published our first publishable episode. And uh, at that time, I was a YouTube partner. And uh, at the end of February, they shut all that off for people who don't have enough, uh, for me, subscribers. I didn't meet the subscriber requirement. Uh, Darn. Yeah, and it wasn't close, and so they, they shut off my YouTube partnership, I stopped making ad revenue, but but before that happened, I had said to Jake that, um, you know, he should be getting 50% of the ad revenue from the podcast, and so
1: Makes now that right?
0: that all cl- uh, calmed down, I um, they took away my partnership, so they took away my analytics on ad revenue, so I actually can't say for sure. How much money I made from the podcast videos as opposed to the rest of the content on the channel? So I did some guesstimations, and I did the most generous one, and then it was so close to fifty-five cents that I just rounded it up to fifty-five cents. Adam's a bro, yeah. So yeah. I, I owe you fifty-five cents. Man. I could write you a check if you want.
1: Well, actually, um, I have to. We have to buy our own coffee at work, and the coffee machine takes quarters. So oh. this is really convenient. Oh. It's just like two cups of coffee. It's like you won the raffle. Yeah, for two cups of coffee. Speaking of the raffle, <laughs> by the way, uh, before we get into the raffle, oh, we, yeah, the raffle. Uh, we do want to give a brief overview. We're going to be talking this episode about procession, which oh, yeah. is a card that uh, a lot of people have been... Wanting covered, yeah. I feel like a lot of people get confused about the card too, uh, or or like intimidated by it. DLDR, Um, yeah. (laughs) We're gonna go into um how we feel like you should use it and also um why it's not that scary, it's a pretty good card. It's okay, man, it's fine, don't worry about it. But of course, we want to go into the raffle, and as we all know, Valentine's Day coming right up. Mm. We raffled off, it's like tomorrow, right? Yeah, Yeah. something. We raffled off a date. With either myself or Mr. Adam Horton from the Adam Horton podcast, <laughs> and whoever wins this raffle is actually going to get to choose to go on a date with one of those two people. Well, I think it was an inclusive or, right?
0: Couldn't yeah. they have chosen both of us? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, I, I mean, they have to pay I'm... either way, right? So I mean, I'm not paying choose, for anything. <laughs> if you choose both of us,
0: you're you're doubling the tab. Yeah, but right? you're doubling the pleasure, right? You get both of us. Both. A- Oh, baby? (laughs) It's not the way I meant to. You have a dirty mind. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I'm a married man. My wife is now 16 weeks pregnant. Yeah, I have a girlfriend. Speaking of... Our fetus is the size of an avocado. Well,
1: uh. <laughs> I don't really um, like
0: avocados, so anyway, go.
1: Ahead. Uh, so the the winner of the raffle is actually my girlfriend, Jessica. No way! Smith. Yeah, I did
0: not see that coming. Yeah, way especially because of her reaction to the last episode. Yeah, she was not
1: happy. <laughs> by the way, uh, she was not happy when she heard we were raffling a date. Uh, so she wins the raffle, and that's how that happens. Um, and uh, we are done with that conversation. So who she choose? I don't, we're going to have to ask her. If she chooses Adam, I'm going to be sad. Um, so, nice. uh, and of course, the, the next raffle, we're going to be giving away a very special prize. Um, Is it 55 cents that you're going to win? No, no. Actually, I'm keeping that. But um, okay. you're going to get to redesign a Dominion card of your choice. It's not going to, like, get published or anything, but you can do it, and we wow. can't stop you. So, wow, what a um, great prize. Yeah, I, wait, I, good luck to all of you who want to do that in the raffle, and also let us know in the comments if you could redesign any card of your choice if you do get to win the raffle. What are you going to choose, and how are you going to do so?
0: So this is like a redesign. It's not like a here's a card. It's like here's a card that I don't like, and here's how I, I'm going to change yeah. it.
1: Yeah, I think it would be interesting. Leave in the comments what you think would be the best way to do that. And one lucky raffle winner is going to get to redesign a card. And it's not going to get published or printed or make its way to Donald X probably in any way. But we could play a game with it. Yeah, we could
0: we play a game proxy with it. it? Yeah. yeah. There we go. We can't do that online, so well, I don't well, think we can make a video, but we'll we'll do it. I don't know. I might Maybe. have a GoPro or something. But. Uh, well, I don't have a GoPro, but I have a video camera. Mm-hmm. It's actually right here. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. It's it's pretty good, it's yeah. pretty deece. Anyway, I guess I guess that's a thing. Oh, so before we move on to the kingdom, there's yeah. a there's an item of bread that I wanted to uh, address that's not kingdom specific, and um, yeah, uh, it it came from the forums. It came from my bro, Wandering Winder, making the so uh, he said uh, about the bonus episode. He said. Uh you know, just as a data point, he's not a fan of the entirely sarcastic episode. Now I have no idea what he's talking about. I've yeah, never with, been with sarcastic you. at any point on this podcast. But yeah. but but really, I mean the, the point I wanted to make was that like you know, it would be really easy for us to say like, well, you know, we're not gonna please everybody with whatever we with everything we do, so like whatever, he'll just have to deal with it. But like and, and you know, I mean we we published it, so I mean, I'm not going to go back and change it or anything. But the the fact that, like, you know, he, he gave feedback that was honest feedback, and that matters. Yeah. It matters to Definitely. me. And I think it matters to Jake. Definitely. He, he got some honest feedback about the raffle, I'll tell you that. <laughs> From my girlfriend. <laughs> so, like, th- but, but that matters to, to us. All mm-hmm. feedback. And so, like... You know, that's, that's going to affect how many bonus episodes sure. we do in the future. It, you know, it, and the thing is, like, we're, we're making this podcast for us, right? But but really, we're making it for you, the listener. And it can be difficult to engage with the listeners in a lot of ways. We don't get really any metrics from iTunes or Google Play. By the way, podcast is on Google Play. It's been on Google Play for several yeah. weeks. Um, someone told me, hey... Can you put this on Google Play? And then I did, and I've been forgetting to announce that. It's a really good story. A month now. Yeah. Uh, If there's if there's something like that you want, just tell me. Like that stuff is not hard for me to do. I just I I don't know to do it unless you tell me to. You know. Anyway, the feedback matters, and uh, we we want to hear from you. And so, like, I I want to give an extra little piece of encouragement to to reach out to us. Uh, if you have any questions about podcasts or Dominion or comments or ideas or thoughts, good or bad, uh, especially uh, if they're about me, the good ones. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, reach out to us. Like, we respond to emails and messages. Uh, you can contact me at adam at adamhorton.com or you can go to adamhorton.com and there's forums there, all sorts of contact info for me, uh, Jake. Yeah. You, know, you can reach him, too. Yep. Uh, he's screw you on the client. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm screw you, Y-I-O-U-X, on pretty much every place online where you'll find me. Um, you can get to my Facebook, Jake Schwartz. You can email me, jakeschwartz38 at gmail.com. Um, Dominion Client or Dominion Forms are probably going to be the easiest way for you guys to get a hold of me or email. But I Also, you may have noticed as well that I have started uploading some videos to Adam's YouTube channel. Yeah. um and so you can leave in the comments there I check those as well so if there's any kind of Dominion content uh, videos of any kind that you guys want to see
0: and you don't think is out there uh, you know we'll do our best yeah like this I I'm not I don't feel like this has been a one-way street yeah I don't feel like we haven't been hearing from people but like the more we hear from people the better everything is going to be absolutely and and I enjoy yeah. hearing from people. Uh, I I mean I have email threads with all kinds of different people, PMs. They they come in, I respond. We talk about Dominion, you know, and and I want as much of that as possible, and, and I think that's going to make the podcast better. The fact that we've chosen this topic to do today, uh, you know, is a, is a result of that. And yeah, we could do more of that. I mean, we have topics we can do, but you know, if we can do something that you all want to hear about. That's even better. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. At least 55%. Or
1: at least that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, getting into the bread of yeah. this kingdom. The we, real bread. Yeah, we had a match that was structured around last co- week's episode card, which was Rebuild. And uh, we were going to talk about how that kingdom worked and the role of Rebuild in it. And
0: you want to read off the cards? Yeah, I got the, you. The kingdom? So there's Beggar. Faithful Hound, Gladiator, Guide, Hermit, Oracle, Distant Lands, Explorer, Rebuild, Swamp Hag with Tax and Ball, and we have Shelters in this game. Once again, for our audio only listeners, we have Beggar, Faithful Hound, Gladiator, Guide, Hermit, Oracle, Distant Lands, Explorer, Rebuild, Swamp Hag There's tax and ball And then this game has shelters instead of the estates Yeah So uh, last, last time I think we, uh, we were talking about Maybe like a hermit silver opening And uh, we, we both kind of thought That rebuild was going to be real good here But the way you played With the rebuild was going to be Affected by a lot of things Tax affects everything a distant lands is a big deal uh, Shelter is kind of eh. in. Yeah. and uh, it was just gonna be a bunch of rebuild stuff oh and guide was super gonna be helpful yeah
1: yeah um, and I was dubious on the effectiveness of guide over just getting another silver uh, because you know whether you're playing big money or rebuild I figured you'd want the silver rebuild wants to buy a duchy uh, big money wants silver right yeah uh, I was wrong <laughs> guide is amazing here no matter for, what
0: deck you're playing for rebuild I think it, it's especially quite good because like the whole point, right, is for you to play your rebuilds, and Guide is great uh, at cycling past hands that don't have rebuilds, so you can find hands that have rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, CTI definitely. See, I worked in that cycling there.
1: Yeah, there it's we go. It's pretty got. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, even the big money deck. So I, I will point out as well, uh, one of the comments on Adam's uh, blog from Mr. Tracer yeah, uh, pointed out that... Uh, a fairly optimized big money strategy that he went on to explain in the comments. And you should definitely check out his comment because it, uh, detailed, Adam's going to upload games of us playing it, but like it details specifically why it works the way it does. Uh, beats rebuild a lot of the time.
0: It's definitely competitive. Yeah. Big money was a lot better here than either of us gave it credit for. True. It, it's definitely, I mean, it wasn't really on my radar and, and I think that has a lot to do with rebuild here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy in this particular board to fall flat on your face while you're playing rebuild, <clears throat> and a little bit of that has to do with shelters. A little bit of that has to do with tax. Mm-hmm. Um, tax slows
1: down rebuild more than most things do. It doesn't. It doesn't hamstring it. It doesn't stop rebuild single handedly. But it turns out that uh, all of the stuff you can't do to rebuild with in terms of junking, discarding attacks. Um, you can stop them from getting the cards in the first place that they want with tax. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it does hurt them. That's it's true for sure. Yeah. Um, so so I think, I think the opening, no matter what you're doing, if you're going for money or if you're going for rebuild, I think you open with double hermit regardless. If you hit 5-2, that makes ball relevant, because now you can still open double hermit, and it's super great. Yeah, and then you can tax whatever you think your opponent's going for as well. Uh, yeah, if you have a 2-5, you can do that. If you have the 5-2, you can just pay off your minus dollar token on sure. turn two, and then yeah. you can't tax. Uh, but normally, like, I mean, if I have a 2-5 and I'm going first, I mean, there was a delicious game where I taxed <laughs> the hermits, and that just kind of mucked everything up. Granted, yeah. it hurt me, too, in a way, because I, I kind of stumbled because of that minus dollar token, but it was hilarious. Yeah, because he, wh-
1: he had two hermits, and I didn't have any if I, like, shuffle three, and I was... Hurting,
0: yeah. Re- you
1: used some words, if I remember correctly. Yeah, there were some there were some words that Adam may or may not have to
0: bleep out if we recorded that game. Uh, I record it, but I don't. I only censor the podcast. Yeah, don't worry about the games. It's okay. We don't get an explicit tag for that. <laughs> uh, I think nuances of playing the rebuild strategy include the idea that you do need to make sure you have some rebuild targets in the deck, and yes, you do want to trash your shelters with Hermit, and you might even trash the ogi with the Hermit, but. Uh, you do want to be gaining estates a little more often than not. Yeah. Just just to make sure that when you play your rebuild, you have something to rebuild. And, and that means having more than one rebuild target in your deck. Yeah, this isn't something
1: you normally have to worry about in a rebuild deck yeah. if there aren't shelters, but typically it's really important to make sure you have at least two cards in your deck that you could rebuild, because it's, it's decently likely you're going to draw one with your rebuild.
0: So. You, you certainly don't want to have that turn where you drew... Your only rebuild target with your rebuild, and then you're just sitting there and you just want to start crying. And yeah. I mean, we talked about crying in the last podcast. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I got a lot of practice. Yeah. So, that's crying. something that you do want to avoid for mm-hmm. sure.
1: Yeah. Um, I had also talked a little bit about. Uh, whether or not Swamp Hag would factor into either build, really. And I I thought it was going to, and and it wasn't for the attack. Like, I wasn't thinking the attack was going to come in clutch or anything. I just thought that Swamp Hag is so good at spiking up to province because of the way it gives you the money at the start of next turn. And um, it turns out that, yeah, it does do that, but... It really good. wasn't that great. Yeah, it, it it should have just been a gold, or um, by the time a big money deck found time for a Swamp Hag, it was probably time to instead
0: buy a duchy or a distant lance. Yeah, I, I don't really think... Um, I don't think there's really any place for Swamp Hag. In fact, a lot of the kingdom didn't really play at all here. Beggar, Faithful Hound, even we tried Gladiator, and it just didn't really cut the mustard.
1: I, I think uh, Gladiator occasionally was okay for the rebuild player because it was often a terminal gold like it not it, it wasn't great a lot of the time
0: and it was competing for buys with guide and hermit like, yeah i think you only want so many silvers in that rebuild deck anyway and yeah. like i would just rather have more guides yeah th.
1: yeah so uh, the other interesting aspect that we wanted to
0: go into was the effect of distant lands on either strategy yeah, so, like, if I'm playing Rebuild, and I have a Distant Lands in hand, like, yeah, I could rebuild it in the province, or I could just play it. And yeah. I think a lot of the time, you want to play it... It's was... a tough
1: call, though. Like, it's not it's not immediate, like, okay, I'm playing this. Because, like, if, if that takes you away from having two Rebuild targets in your deck, then that's kind of inconvenient to have played that Distant Lands.
0: Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, the game we just got done playing, which is the last... Uh, which is the last video mm-hmm. on the video if you watch those i i played a madman i had two distant lands in hand and i just snap played them both and i think that was really bad like i might have won that game had i not done that
1: yeah i mean it's the rebuild deck on this board is not on autopilot
0: a lot of it's way different than a lot of rebuild decks you play yeah and it is really easy to screw up and when you screw yeah. up it's bad
1: yeah, so, I mean, if you are one of those people who never plays with Rebuild, um, which is us a lot of the time, believe me, but I uh, actually, and and you're, you know, you forget what that card's like, this is actually a
0: decently okay board to break it out on because... It'll break your brain.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a little different than you'd think. It'll and, make you
0: really think about what's important in a Rebuild deck. Yeah, like, not playing it, no. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, so...
1: Yeah, that was that kingdom. Um, it, as, as far as which strategy came out on top, money or rebuild, um, I don't think there was a clear winner there. I think it was really swingy. It depended on who made better decisions for their deck, and also luck played a factor, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, the money versus rebuild, I think it's close, right?
1: Uh, yeah. I think won, won. rebuild
0: is much more difficult to play, uh, and has a bigger downside if you mess it up and i think for that reason only here we're we're talking about this board in particular yeah this trickier to play correct uh i think for that reason i would probably tend towards playing money i mean you're gonna open double hermit and you're gonna kind of do similar ish things on that shuffle and if your opponent just like heavily taxes one thing you can definitely play the other and be better off in, in a lot of cases yeah but if you If I end up with some kind of choice somewhere, I'm probably going to tend towards that money deck.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair.
0: It really is. Yeah. Uh, You definitely... This is a board that rewards you for staying mentally flexible. Right. And, And that's... I think that comes into play a lot more often than you would think, because... Um, on turns three and four, you open Double Hermit with the idea of, quote, buying a madman, which means you don't buy anything, yeah. and then you turn your hermit into a madman. You really only want the hermits around to trash the shelters, and if you're playing money, maybe you keep one for silver gain if you don't have a good chance to trash it. Well, but it spikes you up to gold sooner than you would have been Madman does, yeah. 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 So, like, when you're getting a madman, yes, you can have tax with it, and so you're going to be taxing things. And And if you're playing rebuild, you're going to be taxing provinces you're gonna be taxing a lot more often because adding a cheapo card into your deck if you don't need an estate or some other uh, sub three card like that's gonna happen a little more often so there is a lot more counterplay because of tax than you would originally expect
1: also like the rebuild player has a, a clear tax target like the rebuild player is pretty much never buying a province.
0: Yeah, Um, like, unless they get a madman turn and and some other crazy stuff happens. It could happen. It's pretty rare. But it's pretty easy to know that you can tax provinces and be better off for it as the rebuild player. Sure. I mean, it's definitely a good move to tax, like, Mm -hmm. gold once if it's early enough, and then province if you are playing rebuild against money. For sure. Yeah. So, So, yeah, yeah. That was that board. Yeah. Um... I think this is the part where I make a joke about processed lunch meat, but I think yeah. that's too easy.
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that on the way here. I'm like, ah, that's the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, uh, procession. Uh, <laughs> procession, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the card we're talking about here today. And uh, it's actually, I think it's a really fun card to play with. It's actually one of my favorite cards in Dominion. I'm it's, a big fan. It's from the Dark Ages expansion, and it costs four, and it has some of the most amazing artwork on it. Like, I don't even know what's going on there, but, like, it looks like there's, like, mist.
0: It's a procession, Jake.
1: Yeah, I know, but, like, it looks like the... A says, dark like, procession. Yeah, but then there's, like, this misty light coming in. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Um. So, what you want to read the text of it? Yeah, so it says, you may play an action card from your hand twice, trash it, gain an action card costing exactly one more than it. So, like, yeah. the first part is throne room, and then you get to, quote, upgrade... The action card,
1: yeah. So super le- great. So uh, let's start out this conversation by talking about something
0: completely different. Um, <laughs> completely different. Throne room is a card. It is a card, and I mean, it's it's definitely not completely different, right? It's yeah. quite similar. No, yeah, it is quite similar, and um, it's a really good card, right? Yeah. So, like, I I know that I rate it higher than most, and you know, the on the zero to ten scale. There's a little bit of subjectivity, but I do rate it a 9 out of 10. It is a really good card. It is top 5 of all of the 4 cost cards, in my opinion. Throne Room is just an amazingly powerful card. And uh, I think the biggest thing about Throne Room that people miss is the fact that it is a village. Yes. So, like, uh, yeah, what's a village?
1: Well, a village (laughs) would be any card that allows you to play... Terminal actions non-terminally, or to play terminal actions and then
0: keep playing actions. Yeah, uh, to play more than one terminal action in a turn. Right is the definition I use. But yeah, all all that stuff applies. Yeah, and and the reason like throne room
1: doesn't look like a village, it doesn't say plus two actions yeah. on it. it doesn't, doesn't say village. No, it doesn't say any of that. But like, if you throw in a throne room, you play two actions twice. So if you throw in a throne and then like. You play a smithy or whatever You can draw whatever You can play whatever action You drew off the smithy And then it was like You play, play a twice.
0: smithy Yeah Yeah I mean you get that effect the, the effect The important effect Functionally it's a village Yeah Well yeah It gives you that effect Of being able to play More than one terminal action In a turn Right And that's important And you know It wins games Like a lot of times Yeah Throne Room is the only village And You can build Really really good It's a really good village Like it's really good At doing all that stuff Yes so and uh, of
1: course, if you village, if you throne room a cantrip or something, then it's an actual village. Like it gives you the plus two actions, and then it's yes. a little more obvious.
0: So this is this is a, a little point. Uh, let's say I have two throne rooms and two markets. Mm-hmm. So let's say I play throne room on market, and then I play throne room on market. At the end of all that, I'm going to have three actions. And then I'm going to have, uh, you know, eventually the same number of cards in hand because I drew four and I used four dollars and, and then and then I have four dollars and then I have uh, three, well, two additional buys, yeah. In which you start with one, so like you have three <laughs> actions at the end of that, mm-hmm. okay. But let's say I play throne room, throne room, market, market. Everything is the same except that now I have four actions at the end of that, yeah. And, you know, you can, you can go through and, and do the math and the step-by-step, and it gets you there. And it turns out that when you throne a throne, the difference between doing that and just playing throne room X, throne room Y, is you get plus one action. Now, you have to give up a little bit for that, right? Um, if I'm going to throne a throne, that means I need to have throne, throne, and market in my hand before I draw any cards, Yes. So if I don't have uh, the second throne room, I can't do that. And I have to contort the way I play my actions, because then I'm also necessarily doubling something next. So you do give up a little bit of flexibility, but you get yeah. plus one action. And actions are great, man! They are good. <laughs> they, they help you win games.
1: and the, the, You've said before that the person who plays more actions throughout the game usually is probably wins. the person yeah. who wins. Yeah. High yeah. so, correlation. Why are we why are we talking so much about throne room? I think it's pretty <laughs> obvious, right? It's because procession that's the main thing procession
0: does. Like the first half of procession, yeah. right? In, in fact I Throne Room.
1: I think a lot of people who maybe don't are reluctant to buy procession or who get a little intimidated reading the text or say TLDR, um, after reading procession would be really served. By just looking at it as throne room, just pretend it's throne room, and I think you're like 75% of the way there to understanding how to play with
0: procession. Okay, so uh, I feel like you just completely glossed over my throne room eshen joke, and I feel like that was kind of funny. Throne room eshen. Yeah. Throne room is the first half of procession? Is
1: that even a joke? Like, <laughs> yes! You just added the second half of the word. <laughs> Okay, I guess he didn't like my joke. Leave it in the comments if you think that's a real joke or not. That but, was an um, amazing joke.
0: <laughs> so uh, prone room. Pr pro, perso, person room needs work. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll come but back. It's to But it's the first half anyway, so whether yeah. you want us to or not. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll revisit that in the next bread next time on Making Luck. A Dominion podcast. A Dominion podcast. Courtney, Adam. <laughs> so. um... I mean, you could, you could just think of it a lot of times, and sometimes it even functions this way, as like a throne room that then trashes the action that you played. And yeah, yeah that feels bad, and a lot of times you're, you're not better off that way, but I, don't, I think if throne room just trashed the action that it played, I would still buy it a lot, because that's really good. Like, that's how good throne room is? Right, exactly. Like, if, if throne
1: room said, play this twice and trash it, and that was it, and there was no benefit beyond that... Like, Throne Room would still be fine to spend $4 on. It would still be a pretty decent card. It would be pretty good, yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot better than Scout. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the if you are Rip looking it, at Procession and you are thinking that it's a little more exotic and you're getting freaked out by that trash mechanic and you don't want to look at it as Throne Room, I do want to remind you that your deck doesn't have to last forever, it just has to win you the game. <laughs> So, if you are if you trash parts of your deck as you're going, even if you're not gaining them with Procession, and we'll come back to that concept quite a bit of your deck not needing to last forever, <laughs> at least not in its current form, right? And just needing to win you the game. Um, if you uh, just look at Procession as if it were Throne Room, like, you're going to find yourself building and playing Procession much better than if you are, you know
0: thinking no, it's more complicated
1: than that yeah
0: yeah I mean it's it's definitely a great starting point so like let's let's try and get a little bit closer by mm-hmm. using some of these uh, analogies before we like really get into how to how to play really well with this thing so like you what you really want is uh, you want it to be like a throne room and then you upgrade your action card and I'm not talking about the Dominion card upgrade I'm saying you're replacing something with another action card that costs more and hopefully that card was better, right? Yeah. So I mean, in a perfect world for procession, there's gonna be this delicious chain of like, oh well there's there's a village on three, and there's a village on four, and there's a village on five, and they get better, and I process my village, and I still have a village, only it's better Is there a village for sevens? Well, I mean there might be for for six first, can we Yeah. 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 I would buy Village of God seven. I'm just like, <laughs> got uh, it, but yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but I mean that's that's perfect. And yes, procession is bonkers there. Like it is way better than throne room there. Uh, yeah, but that's like that's a little rosy, don't you think?
1: Yeah, but like the thing is with procession to get a lot of value out of the card, you really don't need to have that spiraling tree all up the all all the way up the cost chain. Like if you just have a couple of key interactions that you're looking to get out of Procession, like you just see two actions that you wouldn't mind having in your deck and they're a coin apart, Procession becomes a really amazing card for building your deck in that context. Yeah, so... Um, and it's harder to roll a kingdom that doesn't have that than you'd think. Like, it's really oh common. Yeah. It's really rare that you see Procession and you don't see two actions a coin
0: apart. That's true. I mean, yeah. there's, there's, I mean you have Procession on four. Yeah. And there's usually some fivers, right?
1: Yeah, and that brings us into one of the key uh, things that makes Procession sometimes even quite a bit stronger than Throne Room. And one of the factors behind that is, is there a five-cost action in the kingdom that you don't mind having a lot of? And usually what you're looking for is a non-terminal five-cost mm-hmm. action. If you see that and Procession, then we want to come back to the really strong interaction of throwing a Throne Room. That's great you want to throw throne room and you want a, throne throne oh, so you want a procession thing. procession for the same reason except processioning procession is even better most of the time because you get to put a 5 cost action into your deck.
0: Yeah, like with throne room the only thing you got out of throwing a throne was getting plus 1 action. And you're still getting that here, but you're also getting to turn a procession into a fiber. And yes, while procession is a good card, usually fibers are super great and if there's some fiber that you want to have many copies of i.e. non terminal, yeah. then usually this is quite good. I mean it's kinda hard to hit five. Usually gaining a lot of fivers is yeah. pretty good for your life. So you want to do it. Uh, Absolutely. I, I wanted to I wanted to mention that like it doesn't have to be four to five. Um, really really what you want is just cards that you want in your deck that are yeah. that are one dollar apart So it can be It can be some other Four into five Or it can be three into four I would say these are By far the most common Because most action cards Are that way Yeah and, and the three Four five chain Where you can gain more Processions Or or you know Gain more fivers When when gaining those Four and five dollar cards Is what you want to do A lot of Meaning they're non-terminal uh, Or at least you have Non-terminal options Then that's what You want to be doing Yeah I mean You'll see a lot of
1: Boards of Dominion where like there isn't just this one key thing you want to be doing you see a lot of actions that are pretty good to be playing and you realize that you get the most value out of your turn in your game by just playing quantities of those actions so if procession is playing two actions and then gaining another one and you don't care what those actions are. That's a really efficient way to build and get that, just churn
0: out quantities of actions you've played throughout the it, game. It can be, and and I think we I, I'm gonna say it, we've said it like six times already, mm-hmm. but like that becomes a lot more possible when these things are non terminals, right? Because now you have the actions to play them all. Right. Exactly. And that leads into I think one of the the most one of the key points about procession. Like if you remember one thing about procession, it's probably going to be this. Um, Procession is at its best when you can gain the thing or when you can draw, sorry, when you can draw the thing that you gained from playing the Procession.
1: Yes, and it's also worth noting that in that case, uh, you're getting the most value out of gain and play with Procession, and gain and play, of course, implies that you've had the tools to draw your deck and then you've played the Procession to get some value out of your turn, and then you've gained something else and draw it and play it. Um, that thing probably wants to be a payload
0: card, not, the not thing, a draw card. The thing you gain. Yeah. Right, so the ideal situation is you, you start your turn with some processions and deck control cards. And, and between the two of these, you can draw more cards than what you have in your deck. Right. You process the deck control cards, you gain payload cards, you draw the payload cards on the same turn, and then you play the payload cards, or maybe even process them if, you, if that's appropriate to do. Like, this is, right. this is like the ideal case for Procession. And I want to point out that in this case, Procession is just miles and miles better than Throne Room. The sure. fact that you get to play something twice, and then you get to gain a thing, and then you play that twice... Like, yeah, that's just something that Throne Room can't do. Even if there are other
1: ways to build the deck that you're trying to build, um, you'll find that if Procession is even kind of viable at doing it, it's usually the fastest way. Like, it's usually the fastest and most efficient way to build any deck that you're building um, because it's it's playing the deck as it's building it. And even, even if you have
0: other options, Procession needs to be a strong consideration if it's available. Sure, um... I think this might be what you meant, but I want to say it in a different sure. way with with some language. Um, so I think procession in general is a strong enough card in the abstract that a lot of times when it doesn't really seem like it's the best fit for a deck because it doesn't have all of the right perfect synergies, yeah. it's so powerful that you probably want to include it anyway. You know, maybe the deck doesn't resolve, revolve around, you know, playing the entire pile of processions a million times. Yeah. But you include procession in the deck because it can be just that good. And, right. And I think those situations really come down to uh, probably the same situations where Throne Room would be good. Yeah. And that's when you have an action-dense deck. Yeah, exactly. The, the time where you put procession
1: into a deck, too, is pretty much around the same time you'd put a Throne Room in. Yeah. Right? Um, you might even do it a little earlier because of Procession's ability, because, like, obviously there's a risk when you buy Throne Room or Procession of drawing it without any actions, and that sucks, but, like, you might be willing a little more willing to take that risk with Procession because of the reward of it being able to help build your deck as it's playing it. True.
0: I think the main um, the main place where that particular thing is going to be good is if you um, you put multiple processions in your deck. Mm-hmm. Because if I draw two throne rooms and nothing else, I'm sad. But if I draw two processions and nothing else, yes, I'm still sad. But at least I can process the procession and gain a fiver. Yeah. And if that's something I want, uh, it can be worth just starting to shove processions in the deck a little earlier than otherwise. Sure. Because like you don't need a density of non procession action cards to get at least some value mm-hmm. out of it where you kind of do need that with throne room
1: yeah definitely like it's you could say it's a little less dependent
0: on your draws that way um not by much but yeah right so um but the action density is something that that's kind of important the main the reason the main reason procession is not going to be good is uh if you can't line it up with an action or an action that you want to process.
1: Or yeah, or if there aren't enough actions in the kingdom
0: that have like really valid throne room targets. So so this comes back to non-terminals, right? Exactly, it's important yeah. for procession to have non-terminals. And and I want to uh, I mean when when throne room's around, if it's just throne room at a bunch of terminals, like yes, throne room's a village and you know, you build your deck differently that way And and I guess that's worth going into a little bit here Because the only way to get that village effect Is to play throne room on throne room Yeah So you usually need to be very thin for that And a lot of times you need to have a lot of throne rooms Because the number of terminals you can play Is limited by the number of throne rooms you have That's also true for procession Yes However um, It's less sustainable with procession Yeah Because you necessarily have to be processing your processions And you still care about having a lot of them so that's really not sustainable, and, and I'm having trouble... That's that's kind of the big difference in, in the way that particular deck plays out, and yeah. why you need non-terminals so badly. The
1: other really interesting thing about playing a deck that centers around enabling actions with procession is that your turns look so different turn <laughs> by turn. <Because laughs> your whole your, deck looks so your different. Your whole deck is... like You you play out your deck, and then when it comes around to take your next turn, you have a different deck. Like yeah. you, it's a different... You've never seen these cards before. Where did you come from? <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: how did you get in here?
0: It's like you you did a thing, and, and so like this is this is where it can get a little bit complex and a little yeah. bit intimidating to play with procession, because <clears throat> like a lot of times when you're building a deck, you you play all your cards and maybe you draw everything and you have you know maybe one or two actions left over and maybe you had this much overdraw and you have this much money in buys and that's. So you have a feeling of, like, what your deck control's like and what your payload's like, and it's like, where do I want it to be while I just add to what I had this turn? Yeah. You can't do that with perception.
1: You need to be a little more analytical in terms of keeping track of what's in your deck and what you can expect that to do. Like, how many dollars are actually in your deck right now? (laughs) As opposed to, like, halfway through my turn. Yeah, whereas... (laughs) Because it's going to be different by the time you finish drawing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um so but that's that's
0: the fun of it. It's kind of like slots that way. I mean, <laughs> when I play these when I play these type of games, yeah. like you have to think a lot more because yeah. normally when you're drawing your deck um and I'm deciding where I'm going to put in it, I have to think maybe a few turns ahead to get the the best build <clears throat> order, the best build path while I'm still able to continue drawing everything. Sure. With procession, that's a lot harder to do because not only do I have to do I want to be thinking ahead to what I'm doing two turns from now. Yeah. But but doing that means going through like twice as many deck compositions because it's yeah. going to change by the end of this turn and then I'm going to buy these cards and then it's going to change again and I want it to be here and this is what I want my payload to be. There's a lot more calculation. Yeah. And that calculation can be um intimidating and it can be difficult. And, and there are a few things, I think, that can help you out with that kind of calculation.
1: Sure. Well, well where would
0: you start? Great question, Jake. Thanks for asking. You got it. Um, the <laughs> ability to gain cards. So, like, if I have the ability to just willy-nilly play my processions, like, oh, I need to process this, this smithy so I can continue my turn, and, and not have to worry about, like, is it going to be hard to get that smithy back? then that's going to be really good because I can I can have a reliable deck. I can focus on maximizing the payload at this moment and doing what's best for me at this moment yeah. without having to worry so much about the long-term implications of my deck. So it makes it a lot easier to play. It gives you a few more options as opposed to my payload is money and buys, and whatever mess I made, whatever important components I trashed on this turn in order to make my turn happen, which is like mm-hmm. the name of the game, uh... I have to make sure I replace those, and that takes away from my payload, or else my my deck's not going to work.
1: Right. See, having having a bunch of components that could work together in a deck theoretically uh, definitely
0: encourages you to be going for procession. Right. But you you know you want to make sure that you get as close to that ideal we were talking about earlier of yeah. at the beginning of my turn I've got a lot of deck control cards and at the end of my turn. Uh, you know, I, I've maybe processed into some payload cards. That's where that stuff yeah. really shines. And and I think the most important piece of that calculation is just making sure that if you don't have a non-terminal at one key point or if you're, you know, pinched on terminal space, if that's very tight, you just have to make sure that you have enough actions to play all the cards.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good place to start. And it'll get you farther on a procession board than you'd think. Procession, we, we talked a little bit just now about how you need to be analytical and calculating as to what's in your deck, there's another approach. <laughs> you can you can just play a bunch of actions and gain whatever you're eligible to gain after you're done playing them, and that'll get you pretty far because, like we said, whoever plays the most actions throughout the game usually wins the game because actions do good stuff, and you want to be doing good stuff. So Procession,
0: being the <laughs>
1: thing that could play the most actions, could do the most good stuff of any of the good stuff. So... Um, you don't have to necessarily know exactly what you're going to process and into what. and You can kind of play procession however the best way
0: it comes up when you happen to draw it as well. I mean, that's that's part of why procession is good. It's versatile. If Yeah, if I draw it at the beginning of my turn, it is now a deck control card, and any of the process, processions or throne rooms... Uh, or thrown variants that I have left over at the end of my turn; those are my payload. Yeah. And so you end up with a very reliable deck. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I and I think you know these these Yolo strats that you're <laughs> that you're peddling here, which you know I guess peddler works okay. but yeah. It's gone. Trash it. And the, there's no nine costs though. That's too bad. False. All right. So, but but th- these Yolo strats that you're peddling, you know, r- you're looking for certain things in the kingdom, like the gainers, yeah. to to help you. Um, be able to to do something closer to the these Yolo strats, and then not uh, not have to really think about or manage that delicate issue of like, well, I just can't I can't process this card this turn because it's going to ruin my next turn, and that price is too much to pay. Like, if you don't have to deal with that, then you just play all your stuff, and it's real good because this yeah. is when Procession's at its best, and Procession's is a super powerful card yeah and it just brings you back to the um
1: little lesson of dominion you don't have to know what your turn is going to be for it to be good (laughs) like your turn could you your turn could be a mystery to you um as when it starts but it can still be really good and procession will make that happen for you a lot of the time
0: it forces that to happen
1: yeah um so we want to talk about some other things that procession's really good with and uh definitely we get into some actions in dominion that are really good at first for doing a specific thing and then you play them a certain number of times and they get worse for your deck the more times you play them yeah so like
0: chapel is a good example or lookout yeah and anything that trashes cards when i'm done with it yeah process that bad boy
1: yeah, or, can't well, do that. right before you're done with it, ideally. So, or like, short. you get the last two uses out of it, and then you process it. Like, a doctor is an okay example. If you've got yeah. a doctor in your deck, you want to process it. Anything that trashes cards.
0: I think anything that junks, too. Yeah. It's good for, like, shoving those last couple of curses in your opponent's deck. And yeah. then, all right, peace out, I'm done. Bye, Seahag. You're a cartographer now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hope you wanted to be... A... When yep. I grow up, I want to be a cartographer. The
1: Sea Hag's not grown up. I thought, that, I thought a hag had to be like... She
0: is, she is quite a mature woman, that's true. Yeah. She's a whole lot of mature woman. She's
1: a lot of maturity right there. Yeah. I can barely look the cards sometimes.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the trashers and the, I don't know the junkers, that, like, yeah. uh, that's, that's, pretty good, uh, that's pretty good synergy. <laughs> uh, trashing cards you don't want in your deck that are actions, uh, I guess ruins come to mind. Sure. Um, and, that's... yeah, procession can trash them. That's not great. Like, if if you're being junked
1: by ruins and procession is the only way to trash the ruins, I would say that procession's not really a valid defense to the ruins. A better defense at that point would be to be giving your
0: opponent ruins. Sure. Right. I like, mean, because procession is there, that's not a reason for me to ignore the looter, right? Hmm. So, I mean, maybe you, maybe you get the procession, but by itself I, I don't feel like that's enough because... Um, while the ruins are actions, they're not the kind of things you want to be processing. And so yeah. that action density uh, conundrum is going to start to happen to you.
1: You, right. you really
0: need the help of something that's going to increase the action density. And this action density is non-ruins because I don't... we sad ass- to process ruins.
1: We're assuming with when we say action density that these actions are doing good stuff. Yeah. Because
0: most actions do. But not ruins. Not ruins. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only Rhythm- case. Sorry, yeah. man. So, so yeah, I mean, junking is very important, and, and that would be the case with Throne Room as well, even though Procession can trash the ruins. Procession is not enough by itself, because you still have, like, mm-hmm. ten bad cards that you start with. Yeah, right. Or maybe nine, because
1: Necropolis can be processed. Don't, don't, no. no. The, well, the other time no. I think you'd see Procession... No Peru! <laughs> Sorry, <go ahead. laughs> The time where I think you'd see Procession being a little weaker than normal are really two occasions, in my opinion. Uh, one... As, and this this isn't really a valid reason to ignore Procession But there's no 5 cost that you want a lot of Like if there's no non-terminal 5 cost action Or there's no 5 cost action that you're okay with having a lot of in your deck um, Procession is still useful in a non-terminal. lot Non-terminal Right Procession is still useful in quite a few contexts But the play of Processioning a Procession gets weaker If you don't get to gain a 5 cost after
0: Yeah, it feels pretty bad I mean, that's rare But, I mean, you don't want to be shoving a bunch of terminals into your deck. It it does feel pretty bad. Uh, Yeah. I would say that that's probably the most important one. If there is a sixer out there, that can be real good. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think I saw six into seven on a Design Kingdom once. It's pretty rare. But, like, usually that's real good. I mean, adventure is not even in-game the anymore. Rip in Peace, we hardly knew you. It was too soon. But, uh Normally, the sixes that are actions are quite good, and so processing them is great. I, I think yeah. Border Village gets a special nod here because you sure. trash your fiver, you get the Border Village, you get your Fiverr right back, or maybe right. or maybe one that's even better. And that just shoves
1: a bunch of amazing actions into your deck, like yeah. lightning fast. Yeah. Now, the other weakness, I think, where where procession is not as good as it normally is, like the, the thing that steers you away from procession is when the game-winning payload, the things that the the whoever wins the game, they're going to have played a bunch of X when that thing requires it to stay in play. Because Procession, <laughs> procession doesn't keep the thing in play. So if both a, you and your opponent are building to a bridge troll megaturn where you play a bunch of bridge trolls or goons or something like that um, and then you just win the game on that turn, you're not really getting not mileage out of Procession in that case because yeah. you... Part of the implication when you bought the procession was that it's going to function as an extra copy in a lot of ways of the, of the payload card that was going to win you the game it doesn't do that with something like Goons or Bridge Troll.
0: Yeah, so, like, Throne Room is usually not good with those cards, but Procession's even worse, because, like, <laughs> instead of just having one in play, you have zero in play. Right. It's bad. Like, you need you need a lot of non-terminals to really pull something like that off. Yeah. Because a lot of times, uh, I mean, you need the actions, and you need to be able to build your deck and have good turns before you get to that point. And
1: that's Procession can help with that part, and that's the weird part, when you see Procession and you want to win the game with Bridge Troll. Is that procession still sometimes what you go for? Because it yeah. helps you draw and play the bridge trolls in other
0: ways. Yeah, it's pretty close to that throne room with the downside of you must trash this. Uh-huh. Uh, and so you really need a lot of non-terminals to make that come alive.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, now, bridge in procession, on the other hand... That's as pretty hot. Pre- that's pretty good. That Because it work. doesn't
0: need to stay in play. You can get your business done with that bridge. Yeah. That'll do it right yeah. there. And then you can gain um, fivers that matter because... Process bridges, so you probably win the game. Okay, I guess that's yeah. important. Maybe what have you you? Get, Maybe you can get distant lands <laughs> for points. I guess yeah. You're going to need those. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But um, but it, it's a little tricky. You know, you want to continue to have good turns and and build your deck. So,
1: it's
0: uh, still non-trivial to play. You still want some non-terminals to, to make that deck function. Definitely. Yeah. So, like, in all of these cases where you're playing with procession, your deck composition is changing pretty radically. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at some point, uh, you know, a lot of actions are going to be in the trash. And maybe a lot of your processions are going to be in the trash. And you're not going to have too many left. And so, uh, one thing that you can look for, uh, if you don't think you can win the game by that point, is this kind of stable equilibrium of cards that are in your deck now, and and that's what it's going to be for a while. Right. So, like, I, I don't... I guess I do want to go back to this for the fifty-fifth time. <clears throat> You're gonna need some non terminals. Right. To make that happen. If it's just procession and a bunch of terminals, then I've got a bunch of actions. And, you know, I had some good turns, but like what did I do? Yeah. And I just have a bunch of terminals in my deck now. Maybe I can process some of them, but eh. Right. You you definitely wanna be
1: uh you you wanna have in mind what you want your deck to look
0: like in a couple of turns. Yeah, so like that's one that's one way you can get burned. So you either want a, a lot of non-terminals to uh, make your deck good after you're done processing all of the things, or um, you want to be able to gain so much procession food that while you're doing these amazing things, yeah. you can continue having things to process, and uh, usually what happens is you have an amazing turn, and, you know, three piles are emptied by that point and, you know, yeah. points.
1: Yeah, well, and, like, procession can be really good at the three pile if it was going to end on an action three pile. Hello, triumph.
0: Yeah, oh, right. so
1: hot. Um, yeah, or, like we mentioned earlier, sometimes, like, you just, you, you trash your deck into oblivion, but the turn was so good that you win the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: or basically win the game.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So um, that's that's the broad strokes. Uh, I just want to do kind of like the lightning round at the end of this bad boy. Of sure. Like, here, are the, here are the main synergies. So, uh, yep. Procession with Fortress. That's oh, pretty okay. freaking good. Cause yeah. Like, you that's you play a... the Fortress twice, and it goes in your hand, and you gain a fiver. That's pretty fantastic. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. But uh,
1: uh, Fortress is in the same expansion. It's like a lot of those cards were even
0: designed to work together. So, yes, yeah, of course. A lot like, of these are actually in Dark Ages. Yeah, right. So there's Catacombs. Catacombs is a card that doesn't mind being trashed. Yeah. But um, you know, you can gain a sixer if there is one, but like you can get a cheaper card and like a, lot a, procession. Of times you get a procession. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like that's that's actually quite good. Uh, yeah. and if you have a lot of processions from doing this, then procession procession catacombs is a great way to start your day. Yeah. So there's doctors that one. recommend it. Uh, well, doctors in guilds though. So Crap. gotta be careful. Oh, actually you'd love to procession doctor. Yeah, so there there's it's still good. Yeah. But it's just not full Dark Ages flavor, right. which is important.
1: That's yeah, true. Yeah. If you ignore theme, you're
0: going to lose. That's right. Yeah. Um, uh, another one is Band of Misfits, because uh, you can process four costs, namely processions, into Band of Misfits, and having that flexibility is usually quite good. And then if you play... Um, you can play Bomb as procession, but you can process Bomb to get a sixer if you want. Uh, I mean... Non terminals and action. yeah, yeah non terminals and flexibility are things that go well with procession, and, and so of course, Band of Misfits fits that role, and it, it costs five, so there's a natural synergy there. Sure, just make sure you know the piles aren't totally empty. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you might be winning the game if that happens. So. Don't forget to score points per turn. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think one of the one of the coolest things to process is probably hireling. Well, the fact yeah, that it gets trashed. Doesn't matter because you still get those cards, right? Right, and well, the hiring doesn't get trashed, right? It stays off in La La Land forever. So, so it is in the trash, but you still get those cards. And because of rules, the procession actually doesn't stay out forever, like Throne Room would or Royal Carriage would. What? Yeah. No so, way. like, yeah. I, I, I saw, I saw this in a tournament board, uh, a, a board designed for a tournament, not like a board with a card tournament on it sure i I saw this in there and we actually like had tokens ready and like if you have these glass beads in front of you these are cards you draw at the start of your turn because there's nothing out to remind you um i mean that's insane yeah the the tracking is a little fun there but that's the way it does work and so um that's why procession gets a little special nod with hireling because okay royal carriages even though it's amazing with hireling the royal carriages stay out yeah. Same thing with Throne Room or even King's Court, But the Procession goes right back in your deck so you can process some other stuff. And and the fact that it costs six means it's usually kind of easy to pick up with Procession. And so, okay,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty hot.
0: That's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah it's amazing. Uh, procession Island, okay. set two cards aside. Doesn't matter that you trash the island because the uh, island's on your mat. By the time it would get trashed, you still gain the Fiver, but you don't lose the island points and you get to, quote, double the effect of island. Super nice. hot. Uh, and uh, rats. Hi, Toby. Uh, so, Toby. Okay, no. We,
1: we went over this. In the, we went over this in the rats video. Um, no, procession and rats are terrible together. Because, sorry, Toby. Because what procession does with the rats does not align with your goals for rats at all. Under any
0: circumstances. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Toby. Yeah. I mean, you're great. We we still like you. Yeah, procession rats with changelings. Okay, I mean this is rats changeling material, and procession will turn that up big yeah, time. That's pretty yeah, hot. Yeah, but I mean that's also three three cards. So that we, yeah, <laughs> that's a, a pretty it's specific a situation. Smidge unlikely to actually happen yeah. unless it's a design kingdom. But hey, I mean, for Toby,
1: I would design. Toby will do it. I, I would force procession rats and changeling into a kingdom just, just, to, just to do it, just to play with that, see just what, it's to know like, what yeah. it feels like.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe maybe um, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that with the with the uh, card that gets designed. Yeah. For the raffle. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that ends up being. Um, <laughs> uh, also I guess I guess there's a nod to cultist. I mean, we kinda talked about all the cards with on trash benefits, but not cultists. But I mean that that's a looter, so it kinda goes into the ruins discussion and procession cannot be super fantastic there. Also, when cultists are on the board, usually you just buy yeah, treasures. I don't yeah, you probably the Procession and cultist Sto- would be really good together, but
1: like what cultist board do you have time to buy a procession?
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. play cultist anymore, screw that card.
1: I <laughs> will end up playing with it. I would I would say to cultist,
0: time. screw you. <laughs> was that was that funny? Yeah, it was pretty good. That was funnier than my uh procession room or I was really throne, trying to move, throne throne to move past mission. that and bring us recession. back to it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, well okay. I guess I guess, I guess that joke died, just like Harambe. Man, Harambe would have loved that joke. Man. Harambe. Back Rip in... Rip peace.
1: I wonder, do people outside of Cincinnati, like, even... Is that, like, a... Did that joke, like,
0: spread yeah, it's, outside the city? Oh, it was all over the internet, but, really? like, uh, it's... I mean, no one cares anymore. They've moved on to other things. But okay. you know what? Here in Cincinnati, Ohio... We don't care either. We, we don't... Hey! <laughs> okay, most people don't, but I care, okay? Um... <laughs> My wife and I are having a child soon. We're probably going to get a membership. To... They're going to name it Harambe? You know, that was that was actually a suggestion we got.
1: Was it really? After the raffle?
0: Yeah. Awesome. It was after the raffle was over, but someone was like, I, I, did, I did run that by my wife. I thought I turned my phone off. I apologize. I don't really give a crap. Whatever. Yeah. It's not that bad. <laughs> uh, I, I ran that idea by the wife. I guess um, she didn't like it. She gave me a look that implied that that's not a name that she liked. Okay. well, Which is unfortunate.
1: That's too bad. So, um,
0: <laughs> so Brad, we have a, yeah, we have
1: another kingdom that we're going to be playing with over the next week and it's going to have procession in it. No way. Yeah, and uh we are going to be talking about the role of procession in that kingdom and also just what we think you do to maximize your chance of winning the game. Yep. So, the first card that we have is procession. We also have trader, cartographer, minion, wild hunt. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, nobles as well. That's a six cost, um, so should have said it first. Monastery, patrician, and that's split with emporium, warehouse, and horse traders. Once more for our audio only listeners, and I'll do this one in cost order this time, sorry. Uh, we have monastery, patrician, warehouse, horse traders. Uh, we have Procession, Traitor, Cartographer, Minion, Wild What,
0: and Nobles. <laughs> I, I just want to point out, I didn't notice this, so um, the online client yeah. recently integrated the uh, Kingdom Viewer option, which I, I used to be using the browser extension, and now it's integrated into the client. Yeah. And, and they, they actually um, they don't display it in cost order because it used to be um, the cheap ones on the top and then the expensive ones on the bottom. And that's yeah, what... Nobles is like off to the side. Yeah, it's like... so that's because of split piles. So a few features to work out, but you're going to get the pretty background. Yeah. Except I'm going to hack it up so that it's in cost order and it looks better. So uh, that's... By basically. the
1: way... You know who that uh, kingdom? So that kingdom um, viewer is really great for new players to the game who are trying to get a quick overview of a kingdom without you know taking forever to read each card. Uh, Shout but, out to Nick for for all your
0: work on that. Sorry, go ahead.
1: But you know who that who that kingdom viewer is really
0: for? For you, us, YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: YouTubers and streamers. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so I. Uh, so anyway, uh, this board. Uh, it looks like Procession is the only village, Yeah. and uh, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do here. Yeah, uh, There's all of the deck control components necessary in order to build a, a deck that does a lot of cool things. Procession is the only village, so... I mean, there's nobles, but gross. So, what am I looking for? I'm looking yeah. for spammable fibers, and I'm looking for lots of non-terminals. I mean, Procession...
1: Yeah, Procession's not the only village, but it is probably the village you're going to be getting to first. It's the only good village. But you're probably going to have nobles, too, because, like... It costs six? Yeah, it (laughs) costs six, and, like, how convenient. (laughs) It's Um, so good! Yeah, so, like, I think that a lot of the payload here is... I I don't think Wild Hunt is ignorable by any stretch of the imagination. It rarely is. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think those points are going to be a big deal. I also think that you take the estate points from Wild Hunt maybe like a little earlier than you normally would, because you have the tools to trash the estate, and also, you are not going to have the Wild Hunt anymore after you play it twice.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're mirrored, you usually take it a lot more often than when you're not, yeah and if you're processing the Wild Hunt, uh you know, you might not want to leave some juicy tokens if you're not going to be able to
1: play a Wild Hunt for a while. Yeah. And like normally the whole reason you would leave the points on the table is so that you can get a bunch more Wild Hunts in your deck and just have so much control over that pile. Mm. But like playing the Wild Hunts with procession means you lose them.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, you got to be you got to be careful. That's for sure. You, it's going to be a little messy to to make sure that your deck is the way you want it on each turn. Uh, I think part of that has to do with the fact that your gains are limited. The only plus buy is horse traders, and that's a little awkward. It's going to be hard to regain things that you feel like you really need. I want about yeah. fifty five processions in this deck, and um, it's going to be this one's going to be tough to play. Yeah, I think that you're going to find
1: yourself maybe buying warehouses more often than you'd think just because it's the only thing that can procession into forecasters. Yeah, and so you, like... you think you're going to
0: want horse traders quite a bit. The The fact that the forecost really only has procession as a non-terminal option means you're going to have to plan your 2 and $3 gains around the idea that um, you want to make sure you're getting enough actions on each of your turns. So I, I theorize that it could be the right thing to do to get a patrician for your deck, just because you can process that twice and have it be non-terminal, and maybe that's a thing you want, right? These yeah. Are, these are things you have to think about. This is going to be tough to play. It's going to require some calculation.
1: Yeah, I, I'm also really curious to see how big a deal and how often the Emporium points come up.
0: Every so, game, I think.
1: But the the actions aren't in play anymore after you procession them. Yeah, you're going to have five well, that—that's my question. Is like, are you? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Adam, sure has, Adam has answered my question. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm here to like just, yeah. just just like vomit wisdom all over this podcast <laughs> everywhere? It's just I'm just covered in wisdom right now, <laughs> wiping Delicious. it wiping it off my face. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> So, oh um, man,
0: that's the secret title of this podcast. Wiping yeah. it off my face. Oh, so that's dirty. You're gonna have I, a, uh,
1: you're gonna have a bunch of nobles in your deck, but that's probably not like that's probably incidental. You probably that just happened, right? Because yeah. you processioned your five coster. Yeah. Um, what about minion and cartographer? Do you see them coming up a lot? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how often I would take them over a wild hunt.
0: And I mean you you uh, probably want cartographer more than minion in the wild hunt deck, and you're probably gonna base that decision off of whether or not you need a non terminal or whether you need more wild hunts. I think there are plenty of situations for either okay, all right, that's fair uh so I
1: think that it's pretty clear you're you're gonna open with a monastery no matter whether it's three four
0: that's a four, two, real five. good card, yeah.
1: Yeah, cuz like I mean, whatever you're doing, you you need to thin some of your coppers and it states out to line up cards together. I think I think
0: that's it. It's um what's that a trader? I think I think I like trader monastery, but man, the silvers are not something you want to keep around forever and ever. Yeah. You do want an action dense deck here. So maybe the I mean, it, it's probably okay, but uh, it's a tough call. I think I think I I'm probably going uh, on a three four
1: monastery silver, because I obviously the monastery is going to be thinning for me, but I want to be hitting up to five and six dollar price points and picking up, you know, horse traders and procession on the 4s
0: uh, Horse traders is a little better for hitting those big price points than silver is, and it's also an action card. But there's a little bit of anti synergy with the monastery there, right. But I guess hitting 5, I mean if you collide them. Man, it's yeah. still not super great.
1: Yeah. So, tough opening. Yeah, I mean a 5-2 I think you're you're pretty happy about, right? Sure, cuz you want the monastery and now you yeah. have more options. And I think the next one you get is probably a cartographer.
0: Man, cycle that even the, cycle even the monastery really quickly. Even that's close cuz the uh, I don't like the fact that the cartographer is not doing great things for you if you draw it on turn four. It depends on a lot, though. It could still be okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I want to try a lot of different openings here. If you, yeah. if you press me right now, what are you going to open, Adam? I'm going to open Horse Trader's Monastery, but I could see that being wrong.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go Silver Monastery myself. Cool. And, oh, Warehouse, Warehouse. Ooh, nice. Yeah, who needs to trash cards if you can just draw right past them? Yeah,
0: if you play five warehouses, then it doesn't matter how many cards you've trashed, your hand is still the same, and you play five <laughs> action cards. Yeah. It's pretty good. Solid. Or you could play four warehouses and a horse traders.
1: Or you could procession those warehouses and get those warehouses out of your deck.
0: But but if you play the horse traders, you you have enough to buy another warehouse.
1: Oh, no! See, <laughs> <laughs> I thought so, yeah. of everything. World champion right here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Yeah, so let us know what you would do here. Um, And
0: other than that, yeah, I think I think that's about all I got. This is a this is a pretty delicious sandwich.
1: Yeah, we went through some bread, had some processed lunch meat. Yeah, more bread. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. So good. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time. See you later.